Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Bob Wurzel, would you come to the front and lead us in prayer, please? You may remain standing, if you'd like, for our prayer time. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much that you're allowing us to be here today, Father God, on this beautiful day that you made just for, just for this purpose, Father God. Yes, Father. So that we could be here to hear the Word of God and then allow it to get into our hearts and out of our heads and straight into our hearts where we can use it for your, for your purpose, Father God. We pray that it would uh, change our lives in a way that would show, an, show to other people so that they would maybe want to be like us in some ways. 
especially in the way that it includes following you, Jesus. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it's good to see each of you here today. We're missing some, and we know why some are not here. Uh, we do need to remember, continue to remember those that are not uh, feeling well, those that are ill. And um, uh, if you get a chance to let them know you miss them, they would appreciate that, I know. Um, announcements. We're getting close, I think, on getting our bank account for the church. We're working hard on that. Continue to pray about that. There's, there's so many hoops that you've got to jump through. If you've ever done anything major in Panama that uh, uh, requires government approval, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, so um, hopefully by Tuesday, I think they're saying, maybe we'll have this all wrapped up and, and uh, have our money in the bank. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> so anyway... Um, Try to think if there's any other that Wanda, you know of any other announcements? Frank, you know of any other announcements? Come and give our prayer concerns this morning and let us know what's going on with Penny and others. Good morning, everyone. I do appreciate all your prayers for Penny. She's doing much better now. She's out of the hospital. She's at home. She's tired. She's sore, but she's resting and she's doing okay. It's, uh, the stuff that she had was pretty bad stuff, but uh, praise God it's over with. Uh, Sonny, he's been sick. I'm not really sure what all it details, some kind of a bacterial thing or something, but he definitely needs our, our prayers. And basically, that is all I have. Do you have any, anything else? Uh, yeah, I've got one other individual. Okay. I'll, I'll tell it about All right, well, thank you. Uh, the other person that uh, we need to put on our prayer list, some of you don't know him, but uh, uh, Newman Jones, he's come to our church a few times, and uh, uh, his wife uh, sent out an email to some people, and uh, he's just not doing very well at all. And uh, so uh, they don't think that he's going to live much longer. So, and this was a real surprise to me and Wanda when we heard it. So uh, please put him on your prayer list. And um, pray for him. Let's see. We've got um, Lewis is uh, suffering today with uh, still with his teeth, right? Wisdom tooth. An abscess tooth. Not a wisdom tooth, but an abscess tooth pulled. And uh, he's still feeling rather bad this morning. Let me think. Yes. Uh, Grace Bill, Jones. Yeah. Uh, That's right. That's right. I meant to say something about that this morning too. Yeah, and uh, he's gaining his uh, mental functions, and uh, uh, looks like he's going to make a full recovery, and that is wonderful because. Yeah, and he, he was really down. And uh, so uh, continue to remember them as they get resettled in their uh, new place. They've got uh, what they described as 
uh, a wonderful place to live. And uh, it's in uh, Sarasota, Florida, is that right? Bradenton. Bradenton, Bradenton, okay. I got close <laughs> in Bradenton, Florida. And uh, uh, this is a place that has been developed primarily for retired missionaries. So they ought to fit right in, right? So anyway, pray for them as they continue to get settled there. All right. Uh, any others that you know about? Any other announcements that we didn't make while ago? All right. Let's stand and sing In Christ Alone. Cry to find a breath. 
You may be seated. All right, I don't know how many of you got my email today. I actually sent it out last night. And uh, sorry it wasn't sent earlier. But my message today is waiting for God's promise. We're going to be talking about waiting today. Waiting. I don't think anyone likes to wait, do they? Have you ever been in line? You remember when COVID was in full bloom and we would go to the grocery store. I don't know whether it was like that in the vid or not, but here we had to stand in line. You didn't have to? Well, we were around the building sometimes waiting and waiting and waiting for our turn to get in the grocery store to do our shopping you know our mentality is we want everything now don't we we want it right now I wonder how many bad decisions have been made due to impatience I've made some. And probably if you're honest, you've made some as well. Let's read Genesis chapter 16. We're going to begin in the very first verse as we think about what happened when Abraham and Sarah were supposed to be waiting. Supposed, supposed to be Waiting. Let's see if they did. It says, Abram's wife, Sari, had not borne any children for him, but she owned an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Sari said to Abram, Since the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, Go to my, my slave, per, perhaps through her I can build a family. And Abram agreed to what Sarah said. So Abram, Abram's wife, Sarah, took Hagar, her Egyptian slave, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as a wife for him. This happened after Abram had lived in the land of Canaan for ten years. He slept with Hagar, and she became pregnant. When she realized that she was pregnant, she treated her mistress with contempt. Then Sarah 
Sarai said to Abram, You're responsible for my suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and ever since she saw that she was pregnant, she has treated me with contempt. May the Lord judge between me and you. Abram replied to Sarah, Here is your slave. She's in your hands. Do whatever you want with her. Then Sarah mistreated her so much that she ran away from her. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, as we approach your throne again this morning, we thank you that you provide for us. Not on our timetable, not when we think you ought to provide, but in your own time, in your own way, in your own providence. Thank you today that we can trust you, that you, you can see to our needs in every situation in life and help us to think about our relationship to you and our salvation through Jesus Christ as we think about Abraham's time of testing and the need to wait upon your promise. Again, Father, we pray your blessings on all those that are here today. We ask that you'd bless those that couldn't be with us today. You know the hindering cause. Some of them are because of sickness. And we pray for their healing. Thank you that some are better. But Father, we pray for their complete restoration and healing. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 15 is where we looked last week. And we're told there God's promise to Abraham. You remember that? I want to remind you of that this morning as we look at these verses in the very next chapter. In chapter 15, the character of God, the one who promised, he gave the announcement to Abraham that he was going to have a son from his own flesh. Isn't that what he told him? And notice the words, Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. In verse 6 of chapter 15. Credited it to him as righteousness. We talked about how God credits our righteousness in belief in Jesus Christ in our day and time in comparison with what Abraham had faith in. Now chapter 15 is a moment that could be characterized as a mountaintop experience with God. You've heard of that. Maybe you've experienced those. Times when things were wonderful. And you were able to look around you and see that God was blessing. God was doing what 
only God can do. But quickly, we're brought to the valley of testing as Abraham faces this situation today in chapter 16. In fact, the impact of what happened in chapter 16 is felt to this very day because Abraham and Sarah failed to wait on God and His promise for a son. And Ishmael was born to Hagar. doesn't mention him in the text today, just that she was pregnant. We'll talk more about him later. But there are several important principles that we're able to learn from chapter 16. Um, uh, yes, chapter 16. And we can know that we're to wait on God's promises. Waiting. Do you remember back in the Old Testament, people were waiting and watching people of God. And what were they waiting and watching for? Christ. Jesus to be born. Him to be the son of Mary. Remember? We talked about Abraham in uh, the past and looked at different things that are related to Jesus Christ. He was the forefather, was he not, of Jesus through Mary. And many of the things that we've studied about, about Abraham, have a direct relationship with our Savior. You can't study Abraham without studying Christ. Melchizedek, that we looked at week before last, we think was probably a manifestation of Christ, a pre-incarnate manifestation of Christ on the earth prior to Jesus' coming. 2,000 years prior to Him coming. Now, I can't prove that. I can't tell you, oh, Melchizedek is Jesus. I can't tell you that. But a lot of the things that are said in the Bible give us that thought, that idea. And Melchizedek was a priest of the Most High God. Isn't that the way the Bible puts it? So, as we think about them waiting back in the Old Testament period of time, prior to Jesus' coming, the first time, are we waiting today for Jesus to come again? Yes. And some of us are anxious for Him to appear. I'd like to see Him come, wouldn't you? You know, we, uh, even before our services began this morning, some of us were talking about Things in this world. Things that are going on. Things that are happening. And you know the only one that can straighten everything out is not the President. It's not Congress. It's not elected officials. It's not people in high authority in our world today. But only God can straighten things out. And He's going to do that when He comes. And so we wait for His coming. When is He going to come? Bob, when is He going to come? Bob has had some stress this week. And, you know, 
when we go through stress, when we have problems, when things don't go like we want them to go or like they ought to go, and we know that only God can straighten these things out. And we have to trust Him. We have to rely on Him. But Jesus is coming. You know how I know that? The Bible says so. And I believe God's Word. I believe that what God says is absolutely true. Now let us look at some of these verses. Let us break some of this down and and, uh, see if we can understand a little of it as we think about these things today. Notice again verse 1. Abram's wife, Sarah. Notice it calls her his wife. His wife. And it names her specifically, right? Now it goes on and talks about another wife later. But Sarah is Abraham's wife. And it says, Sarah had not borne any children for him, for Abraham, but she owned an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Now we're going to look at Hagar in a little depth in just a moment and see her and who she was, but uh, Sarah's pain was that she had no children. And she was well past the age of normal childbirth when people normally had children. It would be like some of you today thinking about having a child. Most of you are too old, you think, to have a child, right? Well, that was what Sari was thinking. That was her mentality. That was what was going through her mind. This is her problem. This is her pain. Now, God had promised Abraham children, had He not? But that wasn't said to Sari or Sarah. I believe that it really was. I believe the promise that was made to Abraham was made to Abraham and Sarah. But she didn't accept that as what God was telling her. And so, she was in distress. Abraham had believed God that he was going to have a child in his old age. He believed God. He took it to heart. As we think about Abraham's wife here, she should have thought that what God was saying to Abraham, He was saying to her. She should have. Because she was his wife. And I think that's the reason that it specifically says that in verse 1 here. 
She was the wife of Abraham. Now as we think about children, children are a blessing from the Lord. That's true then, it's true today. And some of you are still being blessed through your children, through your offspring. And isn't it wonderful to have grandchildren? And now for me and Wanda, great-grandchildren? <laughs> so, it's a stigma in the Old Testament for those who were childless. No child, there must be sin in my life. No child, I must be cursed of God. This was their thinking. I'm trying to get us into the mentality of Sarah. How she was thinking. What she was thinking. This culture that she lived in believed the parents lived through their children. And if you had no children, if you had no child, you, was, you were bound for extinction. You see what I'm saying? Now being single or being a couple without a child, the question was asked in their minds, am I complete without any children? Now here's the thing that we need to rely on. Whatever the issue, whatever the struggle, whatever the pain, God knows about it and God cares about it. Did He know about Abraham and Sarah not having children? You can rely upon it. You can know it. And what we're supposed to do when we're going through pain, when we're going through sorrow, when we have trouble, we need to bring it to the Lord. Because He cares. And He wants to help us. So, your trials, your cares, He wants to hear about them. Are we talking to God when we're going through these things? Listen to what 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7 tell us. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that He may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your care on Him, because He cares about you. Listen to what He says. He cares about you. Now Sarah's temptation, she was saying in her mind, yeah, I know Abraham has received the promise of God. I, I know that he can bear children, but look at my body. I'm not going to be able to have any children. And I've got this slave, this handmaid. This individual that waits on me hand and foot and, and she's so reliable, she's so caring, she's so thoughtful, and she was. And she said, she's young. 
She was probably beautiful as well. And she thought, that's the way for me to have children and a family. Now this wasn't strange in that day and time. It was an acceptable practice. Now I'd like for you to think for just a moment about another patriarch that we know a lot about. Israel, or Jacob as we most of the time know him. And he had multiple wives, didn't he? He actually had two wives. And then both of those wives had slaves. And then he took those as concubines. And so he had, in essence, four wives. And if you've ever wondered how in the world did the twelve tribes of Israel come about, (laughs) that's how, am I right? He had 12 children, 12 male children. He actually had other children besides that. But he had 12 male children. And we get from those the 12 tribes of Israel. So society didn't look down on those things. In fact, nothing negative by God or the Bible or any whoa, or anybody else. I can't touch that thing. Is said about Jacob having these multiple wives. Now, God did tell them that one wife was preferable. One wife was the way it should be. It was Adam and Eve, right? And not Adam and Jane and Julie and Janet and you know, you just keep naming names. It was Adam and Eve. And every time we look at an individual who has had multiple wives in the Scriptures, there were problems. Usually, it doesn't work very well, does it? Notice how all of this came about. Where did Hagar come from? Well, you remember in chapter 12, we looked at this some weeks ago. Actually, some months ago now, as time has gone by. Abraham was going down to Egypt because there was a famine in the land. He was having hardship in the land. And he could go down to Egypt and there was grazing for his cattle in Egypt and so he made that decision to go down as he was on his way down there he looked at his wife I mentioned Hagar a moment ago and maybe she was beautiful I don't know but Sarah was she was a very beautiful lady and he looked at her and he thought oh if I go down there they're going to see my wife And if I tell them she's my wife, they're going to want to kill me so that they can have my wife. Isn't that, in essence, what took place? And he said to Sarah, in verse 13 of chapter 12, Say you're my sister, so it will go well for me. And I bring that up because this is what happened. 
when he did that. In verses 15 and 16 of chapter 12, it says the woman, speaking of Sarah, was taken into Pharaoh's house. He saw her. She was beautiful. She was the sister of this man. And so he took her into his home. And he, speaking of Pharaoh, gave him, Abraham, sheep and oxen and donkeys and male and female servants. Where did Hagar come from? She was one of these servants that were given to Abraham at that time. Notice how one compromise. Tell him you're my sister. Or tell them you're my sister. And the next compromise. She's taken into Pharaoh's household. Nothing is said about her being Abraham's wife. And that's the progression that we see in sin, then and now. One lie leads to more lies. Is that usually how it happens? You men, you come in to your wife and she says, where have you been? And you tell her a lie. And then before you know it, you're having to build more and more lies to cover up all the things that you don't want your wife to know. Am I right? One drink leads to another drink. Oh, I can have just one, an alcoholic says. And before you know it, he's drunk again. James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. It says, But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And then when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. One thing leads to another thing, to another thing, and to another. In Hebrews 4.15 it says... It's what we do with it. Uh, I'm sorry. It says, all of us are tempted. Temptation is not sin because Jesus has been tested in every way as we are, yet without sin. But it's what we do with that temptation. It's what we do with that testing that tells us whether it becomes sin or not. 2 Corinthians 10.5 Taking every thought captive to obey Christ. Taking every thought captive to obey Christ. As we think things, as things come into our mind, we need to think about what would Jesus do? You've heard those words before, haven't you? What would Jesus do with this? How would He handle this? And we need to think about Christ. By the way, as we read that story, we found that God struck Pharaoh and his household with plagues. You remember? And this was to protect 
Sarah. Abraham didn't protect her, but God did. And it was because of his promise to Abraham and to Sarah. And we see God delivering. And that's what God will do. And then notice the next few verses. God wants our faith. Not our help. He wants our faith. Verses 2 and 3. Sarah said to Abram, Since the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, go to my slave. Perhaps through her I can build a family. Then Abram agreed to what Sarah said. So Abram, Abram's wife Sarah, took Hagar, her Egyptian slave, and gave her to her husband Abram as a wife for him. This happened after Abram had lived in the land of Canaan for ten years. You see, they're looking at the time. They're looking at what all's happening, what all's going by, what all is not taking place. They've lived here for all of that length of time and Sari hasn't had any children. And they grow, or she does, grow impatient. They fail to wait. Notice Sari's assessment. The Lord has prevented me. Now, is her assessment wrong? Well, let us notice some scriptures. The Bible tells us that God closes the womb. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Hannah is the individual that is in consideration here. She had no children. The other wife of her husband had children. But Hannah had no children. And it says, the Lord kept Hannah from conceiving. And by the way, that's mentioned twice in the Scriptures. So God closes the womb, but God also opens the womb according to the Scriptures. He did with Hannah. By the way, He is going to with Sarah as well, right? In the future. Psalm 113 verse 9 says, He gives the childless woman a household, making her the joyful mother of children. Sarah was hurting. We don't need to doubt that. We need to be able to see that. And she was filled with doubt. She didn't think she could ever bear, bear children. And so, she needed to help God out. You see what she was doing? God needs my help. I need to do this to help God give us a family. Give Abraham children. Now, again, Sarah was thinking wrong. She was barren not because of sin in her life. 
not because she was cursed of God. She was barren, but she was right in the middle of God's will. She was right where God wanted her to be before she compromised and tried to help God out. This is something that we need to keep in mind. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. Yet Satan whispers lies into our ears. He lies to us while we're waiting. God can't use you now. Have any of you ever felt like that? God can't use you. God wants someone better than you. Maybe God has forgotten you and forgotten the promises. You see, Satan is going to fill us with lies. He's the liar and the father of it. Isn't that what the Bible says? We can't trust him. When we hear these things, we need to understand, hey, those things are not coming from God. Those things are coming from Satan. We can compare the temptation that Sari had with the temptation that Eve had in the Garden of Eden. Satan questioned God's character, God's power, and God's love. And he's doing the same thing with Sari. Now we don't hear the voice of Satan as he's talking with Sari, but he was. I'll guarantee you, he was. Genesis 3.5 says, In fact, God knows that when you eat of it, speaking of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. Now his temptation for Sarah was not quite as powerful, but he said to her, Oh, you can have children through your slave, through Hagar. And you'll be blessed. Now as far as we know, and I, I think this is absolutely true, Hagar was a very responsive slave. And she showed love to both Sari and Abram. She did what they told her to do. She worked hard in the household. And then something happened, didn't it? But here's the thing. When God makes a promise, He's always, always going to keep that promise. Psalm 25 verse 3 says, No one who waits for you will be disgraced. It's hard to wait. I know it is. And so, Sari devised a plan she thought of how she could solve this situation. And she brought it to Abraham. And what did Abraham do? Abraham should have said, Sarah, you know better than that. You're my wife. I love you. I don't want any other woman. God is going to fulfill His promise. But he didn't say that, did he? God was waiting 
for Abraham and Sarah to be as good as dead. Ooh, you say, hmm, as good as dead? Why? So that God would receive the glory as a child was born from Sarah and from Abraham. And I'm not just making that up. Listen to what Hebrews 11, verses 11 and 12 say. It says, By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age, since she considered the one who had promised faithful. Therefore, from one man, in fact, from one as good as dead, came offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as numerous as the grains of sand on the seashore. God gets the glory. But when we take into our own hands these things, God is not glorified. And so, God wants us to come to the end of our resources so we'll trust Him and not devise our own plan. Well, you, we know that Abram agreed with Sarah. And as we look at the things that Sarah said, some of these were true statements. But the plan was wrong. The idea that she hatched was not correct. The thing that we need to do as we're tested is to look at the message that we've got. Even from trusted messengers. Even from our friends maybe. And don't place the opinion of others ahead of what God says is true. Notice what God said to Adam when he fell. I think the things are true for Abraham as well. He said to Adam, because you listened to your wife's voice. Is that what Abraham did? Yes. Because you've listened to your wife's voice and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, do not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of it. Truly, Abraham should have listened closely and not just to the words that Sarah was saying, but to her heart. What was she truly saying to Abraham? I'm hurting. I don't have any children. I don't think God is going to come through. I don't think God is going to produce children through me. Abraham should have been supportive of Sarah. And his faith in God should have motivated him to encourage her to have faith in God as well. And instead of doing what he did, he should have said, let's seek God and wait on His best for us. Now verses 4 through 6, as we continue... It says, 
Then Sarah said to Abraham, or Abram, You're responsible for my suffering. I put my slave in your arms. And ever since she saw that she was pregnant, she has treated me with contempt. May the Lord judge between me and you. Abram replied to Sarah, Here's your slave. She's in your hands. Do whatever you want with her. Then Sarah mistreated her so much that she ran away from her. We know that Abram slept with Hagar and she got pregnant. And the marriage was defiled. Notice what it says in Hebrews 13.4. Marriage must be respected by all. And the marriage bed kept undefiled because God will judge immoral people and adulterers. The result? Ishmael was born. Hagar despised Sarah. And problems, real problems, arose in the family. We see this, don't we? Now as we think about what happened here, Abram didn't follow God's thinking. Sarah didn't follow God's thinking. And they decide to hatch a scheme. We can't follow God's promises and fulfill His will in our lives on our time frame, on how we look at things. We can't fulfill God's promises by our power, <clears throat> by what we do, nor through our wisdom, through our thinking. If we try, the consequences are going to be much like what it was in the Garden of Eden and with Abram and Sarah. Life fell apart. All the world has felt the weight of the choice that Abram made and Sarah made. I mentioned Ishmael a moment ago. And <clears throat> Ishmael is the father of the Arab nations. And there's been conflict between Israel and the Arabs ever since. Now, thankfully, many of the Muslims are beginning to come to Christ today. Many of them are. And we're so thankful for that. And we pray that many, many more will. Many of our compromises, many of the choices that we make that are not following God's will are things that we think sound good. Are things that we think we ought to do. We need to consider the following questions before we follow the plans that maybe we've devised and things that we're thinking. Does what I'm thinking about doing contradict principles of God's Word? 
Psalm 25, 12 says, Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will show him the way he should choose. God is going to show us the way if we'll depend on Him. Are we waiting patiently for the Lord? Giving Him room to move in our circumstances, on our behalf? Psalm 27 verse 14 says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and courageous. Wait for the Lord. Will God be honored through the decisions that we're making? 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Therefore, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything to God's glory. Everything. Do I truly have peace about the decisions that I'm making? Romans 8.6 says, For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. Do I have peace about it? If not, we need to rethink it. And then Romans 8.1 says, Therefore, no condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus. Are we waiting for an answer? Are we waiting for God? God loves us, doesn't He? He wants our best. So we need to wait for Him. Wait for Him. And He'll do it if we wait. It may be today that there are some in our midst who have never trusted in Jesus as their personal Savior. And God wants you to be saved. What are you waiting for today? Right now is the time that you need to choose life. You need to choose Him and not put it off. Just as I am is our final hymn today. Let us stand together and as we sing this, if there's a decision you need to make, would you come right now?
Frank, would you come and lead us in our closing prayer, please? Oh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the grace given for each of us to wait on you, O oh Father. So give us that grace continually, O oh Father. Help us in our day-to-day lives, O oh Father. And I just thank you just for your blessings and for your love for each one of us. This way, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.